Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Grace to All with Paul Gray. And for the second week in a row, I have my good friend and my cousin, Brett Neal, with us. And I won't give you his introduction again, but Brett, welcome. And thanks for being back for another edition. Thank you. This was the fastest week I think I've ever went by. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. I hadn't told you this yet, Brett. I wanted to save it till right now, but I started doing these podcasts three years ago. I do two every week. On Tuesdays, I do a solo cast, just me. Then I interview somebody on uh, Thursday, so the second one each week. And this episode is number 300. So it's a a very special one for me. The people I work with who helped me put these together said, you got to get somebody really cool to interview for number 300. And I said, I got just the one. And uh, Just the one. All right. That's why I've been pushing. Part of it. Well, thank you. That's why I've been pushing you to get to get this done. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't want to tell you. Well, hey, that is unbelievable. Thank you very much for letting me be a part of that. So, well, thank I, you. You know, I love you, and it's been a a really great ten or twelve years that we've had. You know, or about that long, yeah. long yeah, where we've yeah. really gotten to know each other well. So. Yeah. Gosh, I remember going to a family reunion somewhere at the restaurant in Belton, close to where your mom lived. And I think I gave you, I don't know if it was Baxter's Parable of the Dancing God or some some book or whatever, but I realized that we were both kind of starting on this journey at the same time. And it's been fun doing it together. It has. It's been a blast. It's nice to have somebody that you know, believe similar to how you believe and has experienced some of the things that you've, you've walked through and experienced and some of the joys and some of the hurts and somebody yeah. that you know that I can be honest with, share my hearts with, and yeah, no, I'm not going to be judged. So it's, yeah. it's wonderful. I, I appreciate it a lot. Me too as well. Well, Brett, the title of your book, Have a Grand and Glorious Day, we talked a little bit about it last time. We'll talk some more about it now, but tell us where the title comes from and how it came about? Well, the title comes from both my boys. We always spend a lot of time together taking them to school and stuff. But Caleb, my youngest son, every day when I take him to school and drop him off, the last thing I would tell him is have a grand and glorious day. I don't even know where that came from, but it always made him laugh and it made him smile. And so it's just one of those things. I believe that we choose the kind of days we're going to have. And no matter what goes on, it can be grand and glorious, and we can celebrate it, and we can get through it, or we can just be down and out. And, you know, so have a grand and glorious day, and it just stuck. And I just, over time and over years, 20 year period, I just thought, thought, you know, someday I'd like to write a book like that. And I wrote it five or six times and wrote it as a devotional, wrote it different ways. And then uh, when I Baxter's book, Parable of Dancing God, 
I liked that book because it was small, you know, easy to read in the print. But anyway, I always wanted, you know, people give out tracks, but there wasn't a track out there that I believed anymore, if that makes sense. And so I always wanted a, a book that I could give out that was kind of a track, but also something that would, could guide people's lives, that would help people through almost any situation in life, help them to understand finances and, and about God and, and about his love for them and about how to relate to people, how to interview, all these different things. And so as the book finally came together, that's what, how it ended up being. And like I said, something now that as I travel or as I go out to eat, you know, like I said, I give them to waitresses and things a lot and waiters or just giving people and and it's just something that I can share with them and say, hey, you know, here's a book that I wrote, and I think you'll find it helpful. And I get really good response to it. Well, it's wonderful. It is a wonderful book. I mentioned last time that I have copies that I give away, too, of course, and uh, it really is good. And so that came from that conversation. And does it contain things that you taught your boys about business and just general things in life and how to handle situations? Yeah, it does. It's just a lot of practical life experiences, things that I've watched, things that I've observed, things I've changed on over the years. And like I say, it's learning. Basically, like I say, I tried to touch on there is a God. He's different than what you believe he is. And then, like I say, I went through and, and talked about truth and kindness and being kind to each other. I talked about forgiveness in it. Talk about, like I say, finances, staying out of debt and learning how to work hard, how to interview. Talk about college and school. You know, not everybody needs to go to college. A lot of people do, but a lot of people need to get into a trade or do something. And that's okay. Wherever it is that God leads you, that's okay. Do those things. I see so many young kids that go get a college degree. And I remember one time sitting in Thailand on this little fishing dock. It was actually a fishing dock they converted into a hotel on the River Kwai and eating and talking to these young kids from Canada. And I was talking to them about their degrees and what they were doing and realized that they went to college, got degrees, but not in anything they could use it in. And so it deals a little bit with that, about thinking through what you're going after, you know. And so those subjects, they're just things that every young person and a lot of adults need to hear. We all need to learn how to focus on life and make the best of what we have. And it's not about getting rich or anything else. It's about living a life that's full. And I really believe this book can help people learn to do that. So just things that I've taught my kids and their friends for the past 30 years. Well, and the proof's in the pudding. I've seen the results of that in your life and the success that you've had in business and with friendships and all sorts of different things. So I can testify that what you write about in the book actually worked. I really believe that there's just things we need to learn. One of the chapters, you know, is about learning to rest. And we go constantly. And we need to learn to take time to rest each week and get caught up. And I'm terrible at that. Just recharge because we get tired. Sometimes during the research of this book, I read something about uh, even zoo animals do better when they're on display only for six days. So little things like that. So I figure if a monkey's smart enough to rest a little bit, I ought to be able to, too. So, <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Brett, we've talked in both of these episodes about the fact that you and I have both changed. We're on a different trajectory than we were before. Tell us about how that started for you 
and uh, some of the people, books, things that have been instrumental in your life on this journey? Well, I can go back to almost the moment it started. I was teaching a Sunday school class, senior boys, and I was going to teach on tithing. And I read Deuteronomy chapter 14, and then I got reading on down. And there's a verse in there that says, take your money and buy wine and beer to celebrate. Now, I thought, well, that can't be right. So I got another translation out. And it said to take your money and buy hard liquor and wine to celebrate. <laughs> so, and I thought, well, wait, I can't teach this because I'm sitting in a denominational church that teaches that drinking is against everything. You can't do that, that the wine that Jesus turned water into wine, it wasn't real wine, it was grape juice. And I thought, what if these kids read down there? What am I going to tell them? And at that moment, I thought, if I can't teach what's in this book because of fear of judgment or being cast out, then there's either something wrong with the books or there's something wrong with my beliefs. And so that's when I began researching. That's the verse, though that got me was out of Deuteronomy chapter 14. And so that's what got me started on my journey to grace. It's kind of a weird weird way to go. Boy, we all have different stories. I think I've heard you say that before, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody else that said that verse and that concept, that passage was what led them on a journey into grace. That's cool. I figured there's something wrong. If I can't use that verse or I'm worried about the kids reading it, then Like I said, there's got to be more to this story that I'm missing out on. And so that's when I began reading. And it seemed like about that time, my brother-in-law gave me Ron Bell's book. I think it's Love Wins, I believe was the name of it. And then you and I, like you say, we were having a dinner family reunion and you brought a book in. And I, I can't remember now either if that was one of Baxter's or what it is, but I began to study and research. I love to study. I love to research things. And so as I began to study, I thought something is not right here. God's either split personality or there's just something not right. Kind of like our buddy, the white guy, you know, is God bipolar. And yeah. as you read it, you're thinking he must be if all of this true. And so, as, like I say, I got to studying in the Hebrew and the Greek and different things, try to, to research and church history. And of course, like I said, we, we met Baxter and got to spend a lot of time with him. And they make you start thinking about stuff. And when you start reading now, when I read my Bible, I like to go back and pick out an old Bible that I read out of 15, 20 years ago. And even my Bible that I have now, sometimes I'll look at the verses I highlighted, but then look at the verses I highlight now. The ones yeah. two or three below, those ones I used to highlight, think, oh, how did I miss them? You know, it's like God just added these verses because <laughs> they were never yeah. there before. And I think that's important for us to realize in our news, everything we do, pretty much all of the information we take in and we get is biased one way or the other. And so we have to be careful when we're watching the news or when we're studying the Bible or doing anything. I try to listen to all sides as best I can, because I realize that everybody taints their side of the story to fit their beliefs, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
yeah. except you. I'm, no. <laughs> no, I you know I, what I'm saying. And so I do. There was a time if somebody would have given me Ron Bell's book, I would have probably read a few paragraphs of it and threw it away. Yeah. You know, now I have to be careful. Somebody gives me, in fact, I had one not long ago. Somebody gave me and I read it, but I threw it in the trash because I didn't want anybody else to ever read it. Get it written by a big time preacher that everybody would know his name. But I thought, I don't want anybody else reading that thing. So, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you know, I remember uh, I've been a pastor for 30 years now, but uh, a few years before that, when I really started. I mean, I accepted Christ when I was 11 years old, but I always went to church and I always prayed, but it was mainly, God, can you get me out of this or can you fix that or that type of thing? But then when I really uh, started wanting to follow God, I was in my 30s, I got a study Bible, an NIV life application Bible, life application. They have them in all the, you know, King James, NIV, all of them. But I thought, oh, man, this is so good because about a third of every page was footnotes and it explained everything. And, well, I just took that as if that was the same as the Bible, as the gospel. And, I, boy, I just globbed on to everything that it said. It wasn't for a couple of more decades before I realized, no, the people who put that together have a very biased agenda, <laughs> and they tell you what they want those verses to mean. And in many cases, it's not the truth. And I, oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, Jesus and Jeremiah both said, beware the lying pens of the scribes. Yeah. yeah. And I never understood what that meant until the last few years. When the scribes would make the changes, they'd make a little footnote, and then somebody else come along and copy that, and that would become part of the scripture. And it's taken me a lot of time to sort three things, and I think sometimes the reason we don't understand something is because either the people that transcribed it made some mistakes on purpose, or just it got copied over. And then as we get into where the Latins translated, and, and I think it was 444 they translated out, so many things changed. So as you start studying and going back and finding some of the original text, some of the Greek, some of the older stuff, and you pick up a King James Bible and you read a footnote talking about hell, for instance, every time the word hell is mentioned, there'll be a footnote to say this isn't hell. I mean, it'll say what it really is. And yeah. the word that it really is never means the place of eternal torment. And you and I love researching that and diving into it. I know uh, a lot of people don't. And for those who don't, you mentioned it before, a uh, guy who goes by the pen name of the Why Guy, and you can find him as the Why Guy on Facebook or on an author's page. But he, he's got some, he has done, a lot of other people have too, but he's done an amazing amount of research. And one of his books, I think, is is God bipolar or something like that? And you can go to Amazon under author's pages, uh, look up, uh, you know, the why guy. He has really done that research, and, and in particularly the Latin translations when the Hebrew was first and Aramaic was first translated into Latin and how things really started going south then. And it's fascinating to me to do that, but he does it in a his books are not written by an academic because he's not an academic. He's he's a good old boy who's a leather worker who lives in a cabin he built up on the side of a small mountain out west. And he can get pretty in your face about some of this stuff, but he's really done his homework. And what he says resonates with me. So for somebody who uh, would 
sort of like to see a little bit of this stuff, but doesn't really want to study Greek and Hebrew, uh, you know, that's a good way to go. He does an unbelievable job of researching it. Through reading him, I bought a couple of Greek New Testaments and things, and it's, it's interesting to go and read those and see the notes. And uh, yeah. so, and I think, like you say, he's a simple guy. Yeah, I saw that you commented on a post of his today, and it, it was a good post. All right, well, we're almost out of time, but I'm so proud and uh, so glad to have my good friend and my first cousin, Brett Neal, to be with us for the 300th episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you all for watching. Thank you, Brett, for being with us. And whatever platform you saw this on, whether you just listened as a podcast or whether you saw the video on YouTube, hit like and subscribe and make some comments if you would. The reason why is the algorithms that the companies have, the more likes and subscriptions and more times people comment than the platform that they use, it will come up quicker when somebody will search something, Google something like grace or unconditional love or something like that. So, hey, Brett, thank you again so much for being with us. Thanks to everybody for being with us for the 300th episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.